For me, the Enchantress um, is one of several feminine archetypes that that can show up in you know the different phases of the menstrual cycle, also in creative cycles and the female life cycle. And she is absolutely a dark feminine archetype. Like I actually feel quite at home in that energy. And the older I get, the more I the more I do. Like it's a mature energy. It's a magical energy. Her sexuality is just for her. Like it's just for her pleasure. And and that's really very much connected to her creativity. She's super boundaried. She's a bad bitch. She's fucking ruthless when she needs to be and so fierce. And uh I love her. Welcome to Wildflow, the podcast with me, your host, Charlotte Ponto. I'm a wild feminine cycle coach here for the awakened woman who is ready to reclaim her body, menstrual cycle and feminine power and to live, love and lead in flow with nature's wisdom. In this podcast, I'll share how you can live in sync with your menstrual cycle and life seasons, heal your relationship with your womb and rites of passages, and embody your wild feminine as a multi-passionate woman in life, mothering, and business. It's your time to flourish as a cyclical being in this modern world. Are you ready? Let's flow. Claire Baker is a sought-after period coach, author, and speaker. For nearly a decade, Claire has taught thousands of women how to live in harmony with their menstrual cycle, rather than working against it. Claire believes menstrual cycle awareness is the missing key in women's well-being, empowerment and creativity, and her immersive online courses and workshops inspire women to know their flow and become the authority in their own lives. Claire's online program, Adore Your Cycle, has students in over 35 countries. With a background in visual arts and creative business, Claire is a certified health and life coach. She has studied menstruality leadership and is a trained natural fertility teacher. Known for her authentic voice and ability to make periods fun, Claire is regularly featured in publications such as Red, Glamour and Women's Health magazine. Originally from Australia, Claire now lives in sunny East London and spends her days coaching, teaching, writing, dancing and being as close to trees as she possibly can. Claire has been a teacher of mine since I joined, well, for a number of years really, since I've been um, learning about menstrual cycle awareness and came across Claire perhaps. Perhaps Instagram was the first place that I found her and it was, it was a, a, um, it was quite a big moment for me when I reached out to Claire about joining her cycle coach training in 2020, when I really felt a call to deepen my knowledge and my skills around guiding women to work with their cycle. It was something that I was already doing, but, you know, and it just kept coming up and up and with different clients and in different conversations. And it was part of my own personal journey. And you know, the call to work with Claire was was really, really strong and I learned so much from her, but not just about how to coach and how to um how to how to guide women, like I say, to connect with their cycles and to live in flow with with their cyclic selves, but also about 
doing business as a woman in business, particularly as a coach, particularly as a solopreneur, as they call it. Um, and not only have we struck up a beautiful friendship, but it's been an honor to um, have been invited to guest mentor on Circle Coach this year in 2021 and to continue to do so into 2022. Um, so I invited Claire on to talk about um, not perhaps what you expect to talk about. Not We're not really talking about understanding the cycle or the seasons of the cycle or or anything like that this is a beautiful beautiful exciting rich juicy enlivening really powerful conversation about embodying the enchantress archetype in business about feminist business practices and about how we can really call on her energy and why we would want to do that to help us run businesses that honor us and serve us as much as our audience. So sit back, relax and enjoy. Hey Claire, welcome to Wild Flow. Thank you so much for being here. How are you going today? I'm wonderful, Charlotte. Always a joy to chat with you. I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Mm, thank you. Thank you. Oh, so excited for this chat. But let's begin with a cycle check-in. Where are you at in your cycle today? Um, I'm on cycle day 27, which I know is also the same cycle day as you, but we are in very different parts of our cycle, which I think is actually quite cool to talk mm. about. Um, so I am literally hours away from bleeding. I think it'll be one of those days where, like, I know I've got a couple of things to do today, um, one of which is to be here and speak with you. And I'd say once we finish our conversation, I think I'll start bleeding. Um, so I'm at the very end of my cycle. Mm. Yeah. Well, thank you for being here with us in that that point just before you bleed. Mm. How how are you feeling in mm. your in yourself today? What's that feel like just before you bleed? Yeah, it feels today. So yeah, so yesterday, there's a huge contrast between today and yesterday. Yesterday I was in that um end of cycle, productive, get lots of things wrapped up, get, you know, get boxes ticked to have that sense of completion and reflection which I love that energy and today I woke up and like I got out of my pajamas at about midday (laughs) like I just really could feel myself moving into the cave and it's just Mm. like oh I just want to be really cozy and I don't you know I don't I'm happy to, you know, I'm so happy to be here and to speak with you. But if I had to, you know, show up into like a, a regular job or something today, or if I was, you know, I had to um, go out and be in the world and be really busy today, I think I'd, I might find today a bit challenging. Mm-hmm. Not impossible, but challenging. Like I have that sensitive, quite permeable um and a vulnerable feeling. I just, yeah, but it's it's gorgeous. Like when I can be with that and I can today, then I feel quite lovely. Mm. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, open, very open. Thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah, you're so right. I can, you know, I can't even think back to how I would have felt being right before a bleed in a regular job and I can just feel how challenging that would be, you know? And it's so curious now that we, both of you and I have created lives and businesses where we get to really honor our cycles and choose whether we do something at this point. And I think that's such a a privilege, but it's such a priority for for both of us as well. And yeah, it's interesting you you draw that comparison because we definitely, yeah, I'm on the same cycle day as you. And yet I feel like, I know I haven't ovulated yet and I feel like it might be coming soon. I'm not quite sure. So yeah, my cycles have been long and yours are about 27, 28 days then, my mm. standard. Yeah, so, so interesting how we can, you know, a cycle day does not mean this is what it looks and feels like to you. So thank you for pointing that out. So, well, I am just like, rah, so excited for, and my energy is quite different to your energy today. So that's going to be interesting to see how this goes <laughs> <laughs> because I feel quite energized and I feel really like energetically like juiced up about this chat today. So we're, um, our, our conversation today, I'll, I'll introduce what our topic is today. So when I invited you onto this conversation, I really wanted to talk to you about some of the things that we've been chatting through between the two of us about how we live and run our businesses and operate in this cyclical way. And you've been in business for how many years now? Um, about nine. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And I've been probably about three and a half, I reckon, um, as it is in this business. Um, and I've really witnessed you in action for the last year or so, having come together in Cycle Coach uh, 2020, your training. And I've really loved witnessing your creative process and the way that you operate and show up and structure your business around you and your cycle and as a woman, mm. what that means and looks like to you. So you've been a real inspiration to me, um, seeing you, you know, run your business, um, doing it fully on your own terms. Mm. And there's a whole heap of things that I have learned and, and witnessed and observed in you and reflected on for myself as well things that I've come to understand about the way that I have been running my business and the way that I really want to. And so you've been a beautiful role model for me in, in that sense. And so I really wanted to chat with you about some of these things that you, like the beliefs or the frameworks or the way that you view and see your business and how how you run that so as I say we've chatted quite a lot about this between the two of us and then very recently in cycle coach 2.0 so 2021 training where I've been mentoring as well you led a group call um where we connected with the the enchantress archetype and I was so struck during that call as we were talking about what it meant what it looked like what like some examples of how she might show up for us. 
But the Enchantress is a major vibe that we would want to call in as women in business. And so that really defined how, how I wanted to frame this conversation with you today. So we're going to be talking about this sacred Enchantress archetype. We're going to dive in deep. You ready? I'm so ready to have this conversation. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Okay, so let's just begin. Mm. If I can ask you in your words, Mm -hmm. who or what is is the Enchantress? Mm. What does she mean to you? For me, the Enchantress um, is one of several uh, feminine archetypes that um, that can show up in you know the different phases of the menstrual cycle, also in creative cycles and the female life cycle. And she's of the dark, like she is absolutely a dark feminine archetype. And for me, she feels. I actually feel quite at home in that energy and the older I get the more I the more I do like it's a mature energy mm. and it's a um magical energy like she feels very mystical to me and she is a weaver like I when I vision her I see her like her hands moving like she's weaving and she's like incredibly incredibly creative and really the gate you know the the protector the guardian of of my creativity she's of like I said the dark the depths it's like there's a richness to her she's incredibly sexual and in contrast to say um, like the mother archetype or fertility archetypes her sexuality isn't about procreating her sexuality is just for her like it's just for her pleasure and and that's really very much connected to her creativity she's super boundary she's a bad bitch she's fucking ruthless when she needs to be and so fierce and uh I love her (laughs) I just Yeah, she can be distorted as, um, you know, as cruel and misunderstood as being um, a bitch and nasty and, like, and and that she is there to harm. I think there's a lot of distortions around witch, like witches and our society's beliefs around what it means to be a witch and there's so much history there, of course, for women, but you know, actually it's a very nourishing, it's a very nourishing energy and it's a sustaining energy to me. Like she really makes sure that I'm not overexerting myself or I'm not overgiving or that there's not any kind of like manipulation or like even prostitution of myself going on. Like she mm. really, she calls the shots and, and um, you know, keeps keeps me in check with my Mm. integrity like she's really in her integrity yeah yeah oh thank you for describing that I love everything that you've just explained there and I I want to share that when you guided us through this meditation this journey last week I said that when I met my inner enchantress she came out like what did I say 
she was a cross between the evil witch stepmother in Sleeping Beauty. And then I also saw Medusa, you know, with the, the snake hair. But the energy that I got was like, like there's like, you know, this like real fierceness, like primal, like kind of scary looking, but also I could sense this real tenderness beneath that. And, you know, like you said, she's, she's, she's firm, she's strong, she's solid. She's, she knows herself through and through, but she's so misunderstood. And I really get that sense. And the energy that I get from the Enchantress is, um, like she's so, so rooted into the earth. She's, um, like she's really, um, like rock solid in, in who she is and what she stands for. And she's like, yeah, like really of, of the earth, Hmm. um, to me, like just that strength and that like real relationship with the earth and the, I guess the cycles as well. So, mm, and you mentioned that, you know, she's related to the cycles and, you know, it's worth pointing out that the connection here is um, like the premenstrual phase and how that can, you know, some of those energies can be quite similar and the phase of life of postmenopause um, when, like you say, fertility is not a thing anymore and all of that creativity and that energy it's like okay you know it's it's you it's for your for your enjoyment and for your for you to channel in the way that you want to channel it um mm. yeah it's not about it's not so much about other others the energy is really now like calling back in like if if we think about the menstrual cycle and we've moved up through pre-ovulation and ovulation then it's, you know, that waxing energy is now has reached its peak and it's drawing back in, like the focus is becoming back again in on self and same in the life cycle, like those years of fertility have come to an end Mm -hmm. and we're no longer cycling hormonally, but now the focus is like, okay, now what about me again? And I think what's so interesting is that it's often a phase in a woman's life that gets Um, neglected and there isn't a lot of attention shone on there's so much misunderstanding isn't there around Mm. menopause and again that's an entirely different conversation but um, there's a lot of mystery Mm. around how this energy shows up for for women yeah she's like the wisdom keeper and so powerful and that energy can be used for for destruction Mm-hmm. Um, and rebuilding in healthy or unhealthy ways, I guess, depending on a lot to do with what your relationship is with aging mm-hmm. and your body and your cycle and your fertility, I guess, as well. All of these things, it's like, a, I feel like it, it all comes out in the wash at this point in your menstrual cycle and this phase of life. But I love that you, um, when we were talking before about this enchantress you know you made the distinction the comment that you know this is this is an energy that we can we can work with at any point in our life any point in time and she's particularly handy to call on in our business oh yeah yeah (laughs) so I really want to dive in specifically to how we can call the enchantress in why we would 
like this is just an overview for now, but like why we would want to do that and how we can use her powers for for good, but like for, for our good as much as anyone else's good. Mm. Um, yeah. So let's begin with that. Like how, why, why would we want to call her into our business? The, the realm, the professional realms that we swim in, the, these are the ones that I can really speak to, right? So just to give some context, like mm. the coaching industry, um, uh, female self-employment and also like menstruality and the feminine realms of empowerment like these these are the areas that I can speak to and in these circles I see a lot of um a lot of love and light which is beautiful and I of course am uh you know you know devoted to love and of course like worship like light feminine blessings in business and in my personal life but that's only half of the story and like I said earlier, the Enchantress holds these quite mature codes. Like she's grown up and that maturity brings a wholeness to our businesses and who we are as business owners and our and then therefore our offerings and how we're then able to serve our communities that it like again, there's like the feeling is sustainable to me. It feels like it it enables us to bring a sustainability, a refinement, authenticity, true creativity um, to 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 our gifts and to what we're able to share with others. If we're constantly running on yang energy or we're constantly running on just just love and light, and we're not actually exploring our shadows and confronting some of our own fears and some of you know our own um, wounds, and we're bringing those because they're going to be there anyway, whether we look at our dark stuff or not. Like we're bringing it. So the enchantress enables us to to come into the, the to those wounded places within us and to address like our own shadows, so that we're not bringing, particularly in coaching. Gosh, like we're not bringing those wounds into into our work with clients and into how we're, we're showing up in the world. So it's, it's a gift for our own work to bring that maturity and that wholeness and that sustainability. It enables us to continue to do this work. Um, you know, we're talking about being integrity as business owners. If we're talking about having our shit together and showing up as professionals, not just as amateurs with a, an expensive hobby, like actually going pro, like she is all mm-hmm. about really going pro and, and that's, you know, taking care of our creativity, our energy, our finances. She is the guardian, like I said, of our sacred creativity and also the bringer of magic. I've had moments in my business and I'm, we'll speak more about this, I'm sure, where I'm just bored and I'm a bit over the like mundane and I feel like I've lost my voice a little and I, I sound like everybody else or I just don't feel inspired. I don't know what to say or what to share the enchantress's power is through her voice and that's how we you know are able to also activate her is through our voice and so she she is what helps us to have that authentic voice in in these realms and to really speak our truth and to show up as we are like why go into business to be a cookie cutter, a replicant of somebody else like i do like i do not want to create a business and to create offerings that I should be creating or that I see somebody else creating. I want my business to always feel like it's an expression of my soul 
And that might sound idealistic, but it's true. Like the way that I show up in my business is, is needs to be, you know, that sacred creativity and the enchantress really allows that to come through. Um, and that, that fierceness, that protectiveness, her ability to set boundaries, her respect and trust for herself and also for others, like for other sisters and other peers, like this is an energy, it's a quality and a frequency that I believe that these the professional realms that I've already identified that we swim in, um, I think I think it's it's lacking, mm. and um, and it's an energy that is incredibly important. So, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, um, there's so much in there, and what what it makes me think of is like what you I just want to pull out one thing that you said that made me really kind of sit up and take notice was when you talked about like going pro in your business as well and like not just kind of playing at it a little bit. And I think, you know, for people who are starting out in their business, um, this might speak more to them, but that sense of um, like not feeling ready or able or worthy to like just go all in and stop making the excuses. And she's the energy that helps you to just dive in there and find your voice and bring that bring that to life but I I see you know from what you just what you just shared there like I've seen I can think of examples you know in times when I've felt um I've felt that energy in myself and in others and then absolutely on the flip side where I felt that like that healthy um the healthy feminine or like the like the mature feminine, like you say, is is really present and, you know, in an unregulated industry. And I think where, I mean, not all coaches, this, this is obviously reflective of the people who I connect with, but I connect with female coaches and female entrepreneurs and not men. Obviously there's lots of male coaches, but when we have so many women, you know, as, as single business owners as well you know this can really bring up sister wounding you know like how how we felt accepted or rejected or um seen and felt and welcomed you know right back through our lives when making friends you know with Mm. with other girls with women growing up and um you know, this, this can be like our power. It comes from within, but when you're in a coaching business or, you know, a a solo entrepreneur and it's really much, very much about bringing your gifts out into the world, you know, we can, we can be so powerful together or we can just really perpetuate this wounded feminine maiden energy we can tear each other down we can be really harmful but we have such an opportunity to embody that enchantress to um to kind of heal that that sister wound and to Mm. raise each other up and to bring in feminist business practices as well Mm. I'd love to ask in, in in your years of business can you give some examples of of um, some of the lessons that you've learned about, mm-hmm. you know, for yourself, like through 
experiences you've had, um, mm. things that you've witnessed, where you've noticed this divide, like this this opposite between the immature or the mature mm. energies, and how that how that's played out for you. Yeah, I think it's really, it's an interesting um, point to make there about the way that the, of course, these archetypes uh, just stand alone. They interact with each other and the enchantress provides such beautiful protection for the maiden. And um, there's like a lot of work that many of us need to do around healing our sweet, innocent, tender maiden. Like you mentioned the sister wound. That's just such a massive one that so many of us carry, like feeling, you know, feeling safe with other women, noticing when feelings of competition come up. Um, It's definitely been a a journey for me to um, to really let other women in and to collaborate, I think, for a long time. And I still hold this identity in some ways. Like I really identified as a lone wolf in business. Like I didn't have a big like posse of entrepreneurial girlfriends. It's actually only, I had, I've had a couple of good ones, but it's only been um, actually quite recently that I've let other women, female business owners into like the opera into the, you know, like the, the word secrets in my head, like the secrets of my business. And they're like, mm. you know, really in t- to, to collaborate with, to help, to be helped by like, um, and, you know, Charlotte as a mentor in my, you know, in my training, um, you know, bringing mentors in to support the the vision that I have because I I can't do it by myself and like coming to that realization like I genuinely can't do this alone this vision is so big I need to be able to share it so that's been a journey for me there was a it was a moment a number of years ago where I recognized that the calling that I share the calling that I have to which is essentially I feel to restore like harmony around masculine and feminine energies on this planet like that's how I see my work in menstrual cycle awareness is to bring some equilibrium back to this planet um I realize that like that's not a unique calling like that's not it's not like it's just like Claire Baker this is your calling (laughs) you are the only one who can do it? Like no one else can do it. It's so, you're so special. Like there was a kind of, you know, like specialness. Like that's yeah. part of the like the, the wounded maiden for me is that kind of specialness mm-hmm. to actually recognize like, oh, fuck, I share this with so many other women <laughs> was such a relief. Like my ego had been telling me that like I, you know, I was the only one who could do this and well. Uh, which sounds ridiculous, but like that's the the narrative I held, and and I need to keep this to myself, and blah blah blah. Um, so actually, beginning to share my work, you know, creating a facilitator training around everything I had learned over the, the years prior, and then bringing you know mentors in, having graduates coming through, like that's been really healing for me. And by for sure, my enchantress has been on that journey with me. Definitely, I think. Um, I think for me. One of the most important pieces of this puzzle has been to be in the field of other facilitators who hold that enchantress frequency. I think that's really important to mention. Um, again, when I first started coaching, I was surrounded by a lot of other really young coaches and people who were probably a similar age to me as well. And it's not all about age, 
but there was like quite a lot of youth and which is which is its own beautiful frequency like that beautiful um, optimism and innocence and like just unbridled enthusiasm that yeah. is so gorgeous but it doesn't hold those those keys of discernment that the enchantress holds and as I've gone on my path choosing to actually learn from mentors who are not only older than me but also in their enchantress years of their life and who have also moved through cycles and cycles creative cycles so that you know they really hold that energy of discernment and refinement and a really boundary like being able to feel into their frequency and to appreciate it and respect it like that has that's been so helpful for me so I think that's been another imp- important part of the story too that I would mention is like who are you spending your time with who are in professionally like who are you learning from who are you choosing to be in their field by because sometimes those energies can be really intimidating and it can be easy to um to shy away from them like oh, I don't I don't want to because they they might seem a bit standoffish or a bit like mean or we might create this story around what kind of person they are because we can sense that they're incredibly boundaried Mm -hmm. and they might not let you in in the same way that somebody who is more immature with their boundaries might right and so they might you know be really clear in their energy field and so you you know tuning in to like some of the most incredible teachers I've had are ones who I've kind of been a bit like oh whoa (laughs) initially but actually learning from them I can feel the love and the nourishment and the kindness and the compassion and I can see how their boundaries uh, sustain that for them. And so learning from that has been awesome. Like I'll give an example just to illustrate this point. Um, a, uh, a mentorship I was on years ago, one of um, the mentors, she was so boundaried around her time. Like when she was teaching, she was like, when I'm with you and I'm teaching, I'm here and I'm 100% with you in the room. Like ask me anything, I'm all yours. But if you see me out on a walk in the morning or in the evening by myself, like it was a, um, we were on, uh, it was a residential, like do not come and talk to me. <laughs> like if I'm off on my morning or evening walk processing and being with myself, like please, please don't come and speak to me. Like that's my time. It's not yours. And it inspired me so much. And so we can learn so much from having these bound, you know, being around women who, who embody that frequency. Um, it's been huge for me actually. Yeah. I, um, really relate to that as well. I found that when I started off in business, I was, you know, very much like wanting to give, wanting to like, feeling like I had to undercharge a little bit and like over deliver and be available all the time. You know, even just setting up my calendar, for example, like, well, you know, people might need me then and they might need me then. And so I better make myself available. And, you know, now I'm in a point where I'm much more like I'm only available for these teeny tiny windows of time. And I don't want like a million clients. I want this you know like like fewer and to really give of my energy in that and that feels really you know you mentioned the word sustainable that's like you know that that's one of the foundation points for me about this is that you know we're not you know like you said about the maiden like being like the people pleaser and over a um like so high in energy and optimism and 
joy and possibility. And then for me, I think of like the mother as energy of like, you know, giving, 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 giving. And again, still not having, you know, those boundaries are not really like pulled in. And the enchantress is is the is the one where it's like, wait, that shit's not cool anymore. I can't <laughs> do that. I can't keep that up. And like pulling it in and being okay with that not being well received by everybody. Yes. Oh, yeah, because you won't. Um, yeah. <laughs> you people. simply can't please everyone, yeah. right? No, so you please can't. yourself first, in a sense. Yeah. I learned a long time ago that no one else is going to set your boundaries for you, not your clients, not your partner, not your community. If you have a calendar, if you have a coaching calendar that you are available um, five, six days a week from like 9 a.m. till 9 p.m., then guess what? You're going to be working, <laughs> seeing clients five to six days a week scattered throughout 9am till 9pm. So it's a great example to give. Like these are the times that I, that I want to be available because maybe for some people they can sustain that capacity of working with one-on-one clients one-on-one. I certainly cannot. And I know that if I try to do that, I will end up, I will end up resenting the people I'm working with and I'll end up resenting the work and feel burnt out by it. And that's when the victim can come in because then Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, oh, well, like I'm burnt out or I've, you know, I've been giving so much and I don't, you know, this doesn't feel good. And, and, and the enchantress is like, "Mm -mm, no victim here. Like you just, you decided that, that those are the hours you're going to work. So let's like, let's hone it in and let's figure out what's actually going to work for you so that you can, make money and do good work when it works when it works for you because that's possible yeah absolutely and I think the more that we can step into that and let go of this need to be everything to everybody all the time Mm -hmm. and instead like remember that you know this has to work for us first and foremost and you know at this time of our our life like our um, like this, this phase of life that we're in, we are, you know, I call it like the mother archetype energy. It's not about having children. It's that energy of being creative and having loads and loads of ideas, wanting to do all the things. And like, for me, I'm like, oh, I could do this and I could do that. And like, you know, there's still a lot of possibility. And I really have to call on that energy of, well, what feels good? What feels right? It's not about what, like, I also remember when I started my business, there was a lot of, you know, create things that people want. And of course you want to create things that people want. Otherwise there's no market. Mm -hmm. But I think it's really interesting to pose the question or the suggestion that it's about what lights you up Mm. as much as what people want of you. Yes. What do you say to that? Like how's that informed your creative process? Yeah, you've absolutely, there is a sweet spot. Like it, we don't, you know, it doesn't have to be either or, of course, it's smart business practices to create solutions to people's problems and to um, serve your community and their needs. But if it's at the expense of your own joy, like, again, why go into business for yourself just to be bored or, tired by your work like it's just so important to me to maintain that 
oh gosh, just that engagement. Like I just want to feel engaged by the work that I'm doing. And the Enchantress really helped. You know, she stepped in for me last year after I um, had my first book published, which was really exciting and something I'd been working on for years and years and was, you know, I'm so pleased with it and it was such a wonderful process. But it was quite a different process to how I've created before and I'd been used to for a number of years creating for my direct community and they they knew my voice and they, you know, I was like confident and comfortable speaking the language that we had been creating together for all of these years. When it came to publishing a book that was for the masses and for a community that was beyond mine, it did mean that there were some changes that I needed to make in the way that I was sharing, you know, and communicating. And the book also reached a much younger audience than I had, I have had experience working with. So I had quite a lot of stories come in around what I was allowed to talk about after the book came out and what I was um, like, what was appropriate and what was no longer appropriate. Like I started to believe that I wasn't allowed to talk about blood magic or sex or like swear, or you talk about some of the darker topics that I've always felt really confident sharing, you know, very comfortable sharing with my community on because there was a whole new audience that I was just not familiar with. And that was a really interesting process because I really lost, I genuinely lost my voice probably for the first time in the whole time that I've been um, working for myself. And it was hard. I had, I, I really had to um, find that magic again. And for me, that involved like talking with trust again, like that, that sister wound, like bringing in a couple of trusted girlfriends who I could share what I was feeling. It meant um, taking some time away from sharing it all because I'm just not interested in faking it. Like I don't want to pretend that I have something to say when I don't. It just feels so yucky. Oh, he said that. Yeah. Like trying to post on Instagram when you're like, I don't know what to say. So you say something and you just feel like, oh, gross. Like what what was that? It just feels like so weird. I've been in that for the last like two or three weeks, just like not feeling like posting and so just not and going. Yeah this is cool. Like it's fine. It'll all work out in the end instead of just posting, like you say, crap, just for the sake of the Mm -hmm. algorithms. Oh God, totally. And it's just like, so for me, it just erodes, it just erodes my energy so much, like so much. Um, so no, it took a break and I, yeah, I had a, I set up a beautiful ritual actually with, with the book, sat down with the book, created a ritual where I like, yeah, I just shared how I'd been feeling about it and how much I loved it and everything that had come from it, but that there also had been some shadows that had come up around it, like with this huge expansion of releasing mm. this book, like that was naturally a contraction. And um, what's so beautiful about the Enchantress is that she's so comfortable with death and transformation and is really the energy to call on when you need to let go of something and you Mm. really need something to die. Like I needed these beliefs to die. Like they just were not serving me. And I don't even know if they were true, but they just weren't serving me at all. And, uh, and just started, I remember like, I'm just going to write a post. 
about how sometimes I anoint myself with cervical fluid and I fucking love sex and I want to talk about magic again and like, oh, just I'm not, you know, and, and, and being really clear about who I wasn't as well. I think there had begun to be a bit of a misunderstanding around some of the new people who were who were following my work around what I do. Mm. And I was getting a lot of questions, for example, around like hormonal imbalances or issues that really needed to go to a GP. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not my jam. Like that's not my field of genius at all. Or my, you know, it's beyond the parameters of my qualifications. Like this is who I am and this is what I talk about and just beginning to find my voice again and just beginning to share it. So, yeah, that was a really, that was a really powerful experience with, with my enchantress last year. She also, as I'm just talking, I'm just feeling her come in again around like just any time there's been transformation and death in my business, getting really comfortable as business owners with the cycles of your business and knowing like when it's just time to let something go, whether that's branding or copy or some old photos or an offering or an idea that you've held about yourself. Like mm. whenever I've had that transformation, um, she's she's really been there by by my side and has just helped me to like let some things die off mm. so that we can move through the new cycle and that beautiful, sweet rebirth can be happen and then we can come in with the maiden with all the hopes and the visions and the possibility. But if we don't let shit die, then we're never going to get to that feeling of inspiration again. So often she shows up when there is, like, frustration and boredom and yeah. we're a lot of, like, you know, mundane, even exhaustion. Like when I'm feeling exhausted with my business, I'm like, okay, what needs to die? Something's yeah. not right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I've had that the last few months. Um, There's been this feeling and it would come up every, it was always the same time of my cycle as well when I did reach the premenstrual phase and also the menstrual phase. So I like that back half, slowing down, waning energy. I would start to feel like there was something that I was doing where I was like, oh, I've got to do that. I've got to do that. And the moment it became like, a, I've got to do this, mm. I was like, this just doesn't feel good anymore. Mm. And it took me quite a few cycles to be really sure that I wanted to, when I say cycles, I guess I mean like maybe a few months, um, four months maybe, something like that, of really reflecting on like where was this coming from? Was this coming from the wounded, mm. like, and fear kind of place and or was it the enchantress going this isn't serving you you can do better this doesn't feel good you know and if it doesn't feel good to you then is it working for the people you're serving too and you know like you say slashing burning you're creating space putting the nutrients and the energy back into the soil to fertilize and compost Mm. for what might fill its place when it's the right time not rushing in to go right we're gonna do this now just because I can like just really sitting and being slow and like I love that I really love to carry the energy of the whole cycle through through business and you know each moon cycle or menstrual cycle um just looking at what's working and what's not and being really choosy about which idea I'm going to carry through, what offering I'm going to put my energy into and letting everything else just sit in the pot and stew and 
bubble away until it's the right time. But then also like using that that waning energy to to really critically question like, is this what I want to be doing with my life? Does it feel good to me? Even if other people are going, yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's so much power in that. And it's it's quite rebellious, it feels like, to, you know, think about, you know, and put your focus onto what feels true mm-hmm. for you. Um, you know, but like to say just because you can doesn't mean you should. And I think that's that's the enchantress speaking. Mm, yeah. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. And, like, the mother absolutely can. Like, she's just like, I can do, I can do, I can do everything. Yeah. Absolutely. Which is, mm. again, where our, our enchantress is just such a sacred protector of the other mm. archetypes as well. She's like, mm. I can see that you can, babes, and you'll absolutely nail it. But, like, at what cost? Like, there's yeah. a trade-off with everything. So does it does it add up? Mm. You know, does it add up? And um, yeah, I oh, I didn't ha- I, I, look. I would, I would never say I've burnt out, but I was. Um, I, I have had some issues with my thyroid over in the last few years, and I had to I had to really um, be honest with myself about how much I was how much I was working. And not only not only in terms of hours, but again, like what I was working on that actually wasn't giving me energy and fueling me, and where I was just feeling exhausted and drained in my business and creativity. Um, my Zoom just went really weird. Tried to cancel. No, it's okay. Tried to quit. Um, I can still see you. Fine. I actually stopped seeing one-on-one clients maybe 18 months ago now and I'd had this sort of like knocking at my door. My enchantress was like, it's going to be time soon. It's going to be time to like to to take a break and to have a sabbatical from coaching, an extended one. And it felt so terrifying Mm -hmm. to me because that's how I had like that's what my business was my coaching had always been the bread and butter it was very much tied in with my identity as a business owner and, and as a coach and um I loved I love the work I love one-on-one work and of course financially like it was a huge risk to, to just suddenly stop seeing clients but you know she yeah she's like, this isn't working for you anymore. Like you need to take a break. There's something else. And her ability to trust in the unknown because mm. she's like totally swims in the depths of the unknown. Like she's, she's, you know, like the queen of the dark. She's so happy in the underworld that like she's her, yeah, that ability to trust in the unknown as a business owner it's a like you have you have to be able to do that. A lot of people ask me like how like how do you work for yourself? How do you stay motivated? How do you like 
like survive? How do you not go crazy without like a regular paycheck? And it is, it is a practice. It is a certain quality that you do have to have. I think <laughs> you have to be able to trust <laughs> in trust in the unknown. You can forecast all you like, but like there are still this massive. I mean, there's uncertainty with any job, but it's more. Um, it's more obvious and it's, you know, it's mm-hmm. in your face all of the time. Like you really have to be able to trust yourself and your own resilience and your own creativity and your own inventiveness and also trust that you'll be supported. And like that's, again, like that's what that, that energy is just all about. Like if the first half of the menstrual cycle is about agency and getting things going and moving and taking action and like, you know, we are, we are in charge then that second half is like, okay, I'm going to like let go and just like, okay, I'm, I just have to trust. Yeah. Like trust in the universe and trust in the collaborative forces around us that like, you know, will be held. Yeah. Um, mm. Mm, I really feel that. Yeah. And I think you've just articulated what I was, what I, what I feel and sense every time I come to that part of my cycle or that cycle in business as well, like that letting go and like just really trusting that all is going to be well. And that, like you say, I have what I have within me, what I need, clients will come, the work will come, the money will come, the inspiration will come, the support is there and all is happening in its own timing. And it's such a practice to honor that part of that the cycle all the cycles you know this part that was just like so uncomfortable with collectively and there's so much power in that you know that's how you know so many you know the most successful businesses I reckon how they why this why they are so successful it's that ability and um capacity to sit with the unknowns and the Mm -hmm the cycles of creation and being able to evolve and adapt and, and grow and follow what feels, you know, aligned to your purpose or your vision or whatever, rather than clinging on for dear life to what, to what, you know, just because it has worked in the past. Oh yeah. That's a good one. Just because something's worked for you in the past definitely does not mean that it's going to continue to, and that can be so hard to come to terms with. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You're like, no, but it was so good. Yeah. I had it all figured out. <laughs> yeah, and yet, you know, I just love that. I love I love playing in that energy of like, how could this be different? How could this be better? This is, is there something I've not considered? Is there mm. like because I think, you know, when you're the only person in your business, you know, you might have a VA or assistant or whatever, but if you're the only person like in the CEO mindset, like CEO role of like visioning and strategizing and planning and, you know, doing, then you can get so stuck like down your lane, that down your tunnel of like what you, the realm of what is possible Mm. that you can't see what, actually somebody else might see or might be possible and I think just stopping you know as painful as it can be like that's when you get those like strikes of gold and you're like oh my god I never even considered that fuck yes and you can feel the difference 
Yeah, it's true. And I think the more, for me anyway, the more I've been through those like moments of um, things collapsing or like not working out or I've just really realised something needs to go, like I need to burn something down. (laughs) um, And on the other side, it's like this incredible gift and reward. The more times you go through that process, then the more you can trust it and you can start to feel like that excitement that you mentioned, like, ooh, like, okay, something's happening. Yeah. (laughs) Something's not working, which means something is definitely working. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love talking about this. I want to ask you, Claire, moving on to like, something I guess a little bit more uncomfortable possibly following the vein of the enchantress um I really want to talk about like what it's like for you being such a I feel like this is probably not the right word but you're like well you're such a leader in this in the field of menstruality and you're like one of one of the foremothers, if you like, even though, you know, you've got your lineage of teachers mm-hmm. and, you know, f- you've started Cycle Coach as Cycle Coach School now and, um, you know, you're training f- facilitators to, to, do, to do what you do loosely, but in their own unique, bringing their own unique brand of magic into that as well, whatever that might look like. And I feel like, this is, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, you know, in the grand scheme of things, like teeny tiny, um, section of, um, of coaching and, you know, menstruality as a field is like, it's so new and so emerging. And that, you know, as we kind of, you know, there are a few examples of, of people like you who are doing this as their their business and who are coaching or um, leading or um, you know really pioneering this this field of like I say menstruality or cycle awareness or you know whatever people might call it and I think you know as we're all trying to like for, for people who are interested in working in this this area I think there's, like I say, there's not that many examples of people who've been doing this for a while. And I think it can be really tempting. One of the things you talked about before about um, the difference between the enchantress and some of the immature energies is um, you talked about, you know, sacred creativity, boundaries, and having like that authentic voice and like finding your voice. And so I think it can be quite challenging for people to work out um, what their way of doing things is, what their way of of, of teaching or coaching or, or guiding other women um, through connecting with their cycles is, and you know this this is true for other other fields as well, not not just this field, of course. But I think it's so important that we can respect, you know, the things that we have learned and the things that we have taught been taught and then try to try to create our own way of being in the world and I would love to hear a bit about your story how you found your authentic voice in this field to start with Hmm. and any advice for somebody who is starting off 
and you know finds themselves going oh I really like what they're doing you know I might go and do that or but then oh but I really like that too you know and bringing the diff it's that difference between like learning from other people and taking the teachings on board but then versus bringing together like the threads from all the different things that you're learning to create your own offering and your own business and your own voice does that make sense that was quite a long mm. Mm. rambly way of getting there no no it's, it's a great question um when I first when I first started working for myself um and started writing and blogging like blogging was really where it all began for me and that was um before Instagram like I think maybe I had an Instagram account but we didn't you know back in 2012 like back in the old days you didn't really I can't I can't remember yeah. if I had Instagram then or not like that is like another lifetime ago I think it was back when Instagram was like you put those weird filters on like it wasn't like it was such a different app to what it is today and so it was really all about blogging which was I'm really glad that that's actually where I like the genesis of my work began because I don't feel like there were as many voices as there seems to be now because there's just with social media like we're just inundated like so often like back then you'd get like a notice on a Friday of the blog post that had come out that week and maybe there was like three or four that I'd read today I mean we probably see like a hundred different posts at least on social media so it's it's a different way of interacting today and I think it's important to to name that because it can feel as if um everyone is talking about the thing that you're talking about because you're probably following a lot of other people who are doing work that you're interested in and inspired by. And I'm, I'm very conscious of that to the point where I go through phases where I just will unfollow a bunch of people or mute them, or I won't go on social media at all because I'm very aware of how easy it is to be um, not just inspired, but actually to begin to adapt, to adopt other people's voices or ideas as your own when that actually might not be true for you. Like it's, in, you know, just in so incredibly natural that that can happen. And I'm I'm very conscious of that when I'm creating. So back in the blogging days, it was kind of great because, you know, I feel like I really had an opportunity to hone my own voice and to mm to talk about these things, to talk about my experience with my cycle, which is really where it all began and to be able to like name my experience and everything I was learning without, if I was ever, if I was ever coming into contact with menstruality, it was through, you know, like a book that I might, you know, one or two books. It wasn't like there was this influx every day of other people's ideas. So I, I just, I'm always saying this to people when it comes to creativity, like do not be afraid to shut down the voices outside. Don't even read books. Don't follow people. Don't watch stuff. Don't listen to stuff. If you need to just really come back into like your voice and what it sounds like and what you want to talk about, shut everyone else out. Do not go looking (laughs) for inspiration elsewhere. And then when you actually start to feel the call to be inspired again, you will and you'll find really beautiful things that inspire you and that you'll be able to call in again. But just to be mindful of the amount of noise. And I think what can happen is when we don't trust ourselves and we don't, we haven't really worked on like nurturing that voice and, um, and, and getting to know what we sound like. Like I can tell when what I'm writing about is mine or when, I, when I'm leaning on someone else's ideas. 
I know, you know, you have that feeling like you just, you know, you can start to, to tell and to be mm. able to catch yourself in that creative moment when it's like, mm, no, this isn't, this isn't totally mine. That's a really important skill to have, to be able to discern, like, this is my voice and this is how it sounds. And this is when I've taken too much from other people. Referencing is really, is a really important thing to mention here. Yes. Right. Yeah. Like, reference. (laughs) Yeah. Reference other people. If you've learned something from somebody else, reference them. You mentioned earlier, Charlotte, how unregulated the industries that we work in are. And um, this is one of the biggest downfalls I see because of that, is Mm -hmm. that there is a lot of taking of ideas. And um, I have had some incredible teachers in my life. Of course, I share their ideas because I've I've learned from them, I've used them, I've embodied them, I've integrated them. But you know, I'll reference and um, help to you know to by acknowledging that lineage of the work. This is something that one of my teachers, Alexandra Pope, really helped me to understand was like the importance of solidifying that lineage of this work because it is so new. Menstruality is, you know, of course it's an ancient, but it's also very new in the sense that our consciousness is just coming around to this idea of honouring menstrual cycles and cycles in general. We've kind of lost touch with that wisdom for the last couple of thousand years. So now we're coming back around to it. Like we have to honour the sacred lineage of this work. It it works for us. Like it's better for me and for my work to reference where I, the teachers that I've learned from. It strengthens the integrity of it. It solidifies it. It gives it a credibility. But the wounded maiden who, you know, again, that ego that comes in that wants to be special or that wants to be like, you know, I'm the only one. Like as soon mm. as we get adopt that mindset, then it's it's hard to acknowledge that, that we have learned from others. It's, there's, a, there's a really, like, again, that maturity and that, that humbleness to be able to say, like, these are the powerful women that I have learned from. Like, that serves the work in such, like, the ripple effect of that is just huge yeah. rather than pretending that we made it all up, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> and we can't, we can't possibly claim to have, have made it all up. Like, that, that's just foolish to even think that we could we could do that but I do I see that and I feel that like this sense of um you know one like you said about like I I always refer to it as like the coaching bubble like that sense of being on Instagram where you see like so many people and you feel like everyone's talking about what you're talking about so why why bother because everyone else is doing it you know it's like you're in this bubble but nobody else is (laughs) so removing yourself from that but I just wanted to say, like, you know, I see within that bubble, like, the same kinds of posts popping up all the time. And that's fine if people are, you know, sharing authentically their own experience. It's when you get into that habit of they're talking about that, so I've got to talk about that. Or, oh, look, you know, I don't want to forget that. Or, you know, picking it, picking out that difference. But I really want to just touch on, I just wrote down as you were talking, the difference between pinching theory versus Mm. embodied wisdom Mm. you were talking about how you have integrated and embodied the the learnings that you have taken from your teachers and you're sharing that you're referencing it but also the other thing is that you've embodied it Mm. you it's your part of your practice it's part of your who you are how you live um Mm. 
you know, it's not just this thing that you learn that you're just regurgitating, you know, mm-hmm. offhand quickly um, to make it look like you know what you're talking about. Like there's a real difference between embodying it and learning it for yourself and feeling it and feeling the difference mm-hmm. and then sharing from that place rather than just jumping on the bandwagon. Yes. Oh, there's so much information and like and teachings that I have learned from different mentors and teachers and books over the years that I don't share because it's not mine to share. It's not something that I have experienced um, or embodied yet. And so it's not mine to share. Regurgitating information. I mean, ultimately, I feel like it's what my entire like university degree taught me to do was basically just like, it's it's kind of the old paradigm of education and learning, isn't it? Like, totally. That's what we were taught to do was to memorize information and regurgitate it. There was, you know, very little. I mean, of course, there was some critical thinking, but there was no embodiment of it. Like actually going out and embodying these ideas into your life, into your body, into your work, and then coming back with like a whole new um, evolution of their work. Um, so yeah, it's, and this is why in cycle coach, this is why the, the facilitator training is not just a professional training of here's a bunch of presentations you can give to people and here's the how to, like, it was really important to me that that was also very much a a personal journey with Mm -hmm. menstruality and that course takes every facilitator deep into their own menstruality and, I feel like I repeat myself constantly in that training, but like I, and I mean this, do not share something unless you've tried it yourself and experienced it and embodied it. Like don't just repeat what you've read Mm. online um, without really coming into some kind of communion with it first. Again, it feels sustainable to me, like just speaking about the difference between these different ways of teaching and learning. When I think about just regurgitating ideas, it feels like I'm kind of holding my breath in. It feels like very up, upwards energy and it feels like kind of burnout energy. Mm. But when we move a little slower, because actually it will be, it will be more slow, that way of teaching and building a business and sharing and being a leader because it's going you have to go through your own processes so that's going to take more time isn't it hell yeah Mm. but if you don't have the mentality that you need to hustle or that there's a huge rush to get to some kind of invisible finish line if we can actually take the perspective that there's heaps of time like there's plenty and plenty there's all the years like we've got loads of time then we can actually honor these ideas and and play with them sometimes for years before we even start talking about them there's so much in my personal practice that I don't talk about Mm. publicly or share online yet it's not time like it's not Mm. ripe yet so honoring Mm. the cycles of of these teachings in your own life before then like rebirthing them in the world oh that feels so good I love that I um yeah I had this, I was journaling last night. So I, I tried, I tried, um, yoni steaming. I, I've done it before, but it was the first time I did it at home and I created this beautiful ritual and it was new moon and I was journaling afterwards. And I picked a, I picked tarot cards for each week of the moon cycle. And my first card for like now, 
because it's new new moon the card was and I can't remember what the card was but the it was basically talking about um like the this difference between like there being opportunities um it being like a ripe time to bring forth creation but also like doing it in a way that feels sustainable and that feels good and slow and steady and as I was journaling on it I was why I wrote out that it's like I love my work so much I am just at the start I could be doing this for 40 years and I'd be in my mid 70s and I was just like you know everything I'm doing is like an investment in this this whole body this legacy of work Mm. and every time I feel like oh, I just want to do it now. It's like, oh my gosh, hold on. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's time and there's a place and things need to settle and brew mm-hmm. and simmer and be infused with the learnings and the embodied learnings like that, that you mm-hmm. have, like like we're talking about. And mm-hmm. I just thought like that is just so um, feminist mm-hmm. as, a, as a business practice or, or, or way, mm-hmm. you know, like, the the patriarchal capitalist system which you know is all about hustle and pushing and doing as much as you absolutely can right now all the time mm. that's also the system that wants us to pinch ideas because that's what patriarchy mm. has done it's mm. mined taken colonized claimed mm. everything for itself and it's it's that kind of energy and i feel like sticking two fingers up going fuck you, I'm not going to do that to mm. to the collective, like the sisterhood, to mm. peers, mm. to, you know, to myself as well. Like I'm not going to degrade my work mm. by saying or like pinching things that aren't, mm. aren't mine. And you and I had this conversation recently, this really – honest conversation between the two of us where Mm. we were talking about like in in cycle coach you share some handouts for example Mm. like cycle coat cycle cycle charting handouts and everything and I was thinking like you know how I had how I had recreated a version of the cycle chart and I was really thinking about like how much of it was yours how much of it was mine like where did it come from like Mm. was I did it feel good to me to to share something um or you know did it feel was it better for me to really sit with like what my own process is and Mm. then create something that sure can be inspired Mm. by you and your teachings but isn't like just my version of what you've done and, you know, I think that the more we can talk about these things, the more we can, like you say, like collaborate, we can heal this, you know, the feminine and the way that we've been stolen from and, you know, mined mm. for so long. And we can really reclaim trust in each other, but in the, in the same process finding our own voice in our own way. Mm. And I really appreciated that we could have that conversation mm. and it be a healthy conversation and mm. not a wounded like mm. ego or 
um, she said, you know, she said this and she said that, or, you know, it wasn't Mm. like how it could easily have gone in between two different people. Oh gosh. And I've had those types of conversations like where it has been, Ooh, you know, very reactive and and coming from from a wounded place I really appreciated that we were able to have that conversation as well like enchantress energy is definitely about having um adult conversations Mm -hmm. and as like uh you know as wisdom keepers of this work and of like devotees to again like restoring this the equilibrium between feminine and masculine energies on the planet like I really appreciate you know that we that we can do that because that serves the work and I hadn't I've had a couple of experiences in my so what's interesting about the example you just gave Charlotte is that um we both you know we both came to that conversation with so much integrity and something I've noticed in myself in the past, and I definitely see this in a lot of like freshies, like fresh business owners and coaches is a real lack of boundaries around intellectual property and sacred creativity. And so, you know, the conversation between us could have gone a couple of ways. Like uh, you could have come to me around, you know, with a question around like, how can I use this? Like, what are the parameters? And I could have said, no, you can't use any of it. It's all mine. Like, you know, I'm not <laughs> yeah. sharing it. Like, really, like, I'm absolutely, this is mine. I'm not sharing it. And that's, I guess, like, you know, the shadow of the enchantress, if it's, uh, if it's out of balance, it's just mm. like shutting everyone out. This is mine. Don't come near it. I'm not sharing this with the world. So therefore I'm never going to birth anything because I'm terrified it's going to be, it's going to be, uh, you know, misinterpreted or appropriated mm. or whatever, right? Mm. Yeah. So that could have been one way. Or I could have been like, oh, just do whatever you want. Babe, like just yeah, the, the more just go for it. The more the merrier. Just use it exactly as it is. Don't even credit me. Like just go for it. Like yeah. all more women need to get this, the better. Like even if it's at the cost of my own sacred creativity and IP. Like and 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 then just slip into that martyrdom of mm-hmm. of like, oh, I don't. That's not important. Don't worry about that. Yeah. You, just, yeah, you just do whatever you want. Yeah. And neither of those would have served either of us. Yeah. Or, the work so it does require the ability to like be really in your own truth and really clear in that channel to say huh yeah let's have a conversation around um how things do need to be referenced and the parameters around how things can be evolved and changed and what that would look like and um I've had to have a few conversations like this in the nine years I've being in business and I'm sure I'll have many more as the time goes on and sometimes I you know I can look back on it a few of them that I haven't handled so um as gracefully as the conversation that we had (laughs) absolutely I have definitely had a few that haven't gone as well um I had an I had quite a significant encounter with this um with this topic around sacred creativity and honouring lineage this year when there's been a few times over the years when I can tell that someone has maybe just borrowed like my tone slightly or they've maybe looked at my coaching packages and they've adopted the framework for themselves and whatever. All good. Like there are some some things that I'm like, that's fine. 
you've made it your own. Mm. But I had, yeah, I had quite a full-on experience this year where I had a few people direct me towards the website of another coach, um, a menstrual cycle coach who had, yeah, essentially adopted um, my tone, my um, my words, sometimes verbatim from my website, mm-hmm. from my about page, from my work with me page, from um, some of my offerings. And that was like even just recalling like that moment, like it, my, honestly, my heart broke. Like I just felt like so much heartbreak and it was such a strange experience to see on this website, like I could remember writing that sentence. I could remember the time that it had taken me to come up with that, that color choice or where that, which way that photo was going to go. Like it had been like so much had been lifted. Um, and it was a really confronting experience mm. and it was definitely one that I had to call my enchantress on board for because there was a, there was absolutely that voice in my head that was like, well, they've changed enough. And, and from a legal standpoint, maybe, you know, it's like 10% you have to change something in order for copyright to not be valid anymore. It's actually not a lot. Wow. Um, like 10%. ethically. Yeah, like ethically, absolutely not cool. But like from a legal perspective, there probably actually wasn't like a great deal that I could have done. It's it's really minimal, which is just gross, but that's how it is. That's representative and of the whole attitude, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And you see it. You see it in fashion. You see it in, um, yeah. you know, music. Like it's it's rampant. It's rampant, this borrowing, you know, borrowing, stealing of ideas and turning them off as your own. Mm. There was totally that voice, that part of me that was like, oh, yeah, I could just leave it. Like, uh, you know, she's obviously doing great work and I don't want to rain on her parade. I don't want to have a difficult conversation. I don't want to have to, like, put the energy into this that it's going to require. And it really did require a lot of energy. Yeah. Um, But... I, I needed, yeah, I had to. I had mm. to take, it took, and it took me time to go through and to identify every sentence, every colour, every, like, part of my work that had been, that had been taken and, um, and to confront this person with it and to say, this is really not cool. Mm. And I was able to have some... Um, Thankfully, I did get some really great legal advice at the time and I was able to, to have this discussion with this person and, and get them to change things. But that was hard. Like I, like I found that really hard, but I had to do it because this was like my time and my energy and my work and mm-hmm. my intellectual property and my secret creativity and my enchantress was just like, mm-mm. Oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. Like, yeah. do not fuck with me. Like, I was yeah. just, I had just had that mantra on repeat was like, do not fuck with me. I am so, I can be so generous with mm. my work. Like, I really want to give as much f- stuff for free as possible. I want you to be able to come into my sphere as a business owner and you can learn 
how to chart your cycle. You can learn about the different phases of the cycle. You can take this, all of this away and you don't have to give me a cent. I, I genuinely always want my space to be like to feel generous. Mm. I don't want to be gatekeeping this information. Like that's really important to me. But <laughs> like that does not mean that you have the right to come into my space and take my stuff and try to palm it off as your own. So, yeah, that was, that was a big Especially one. when it's an offering that's making them a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's not the point, but it's mm. an additional layer to mm. it, right? It's like, oh, of course, it's um, you know, we can buy into the whole thing of like we've been saying, you know, borrowing is such a euphemism, like outright stealing mm-hmm. of ideas and copy and like you say, branding and all of that, and then selling it on. It's, you know, it's, it's like, um, it's just buying into Mm. this, this old paradigm and I, we can do so much better. We don't need to do that to each other. I think it's so important that we get really honest with ourselves. Like that time I did with you and it was, Mm. wasn't even stealing it. It was just like, Mm. where's the credit and how does Mm. this work? But, Mm. you know, having that capacity to be really honest with yourself and be like I'm a big girl here like I can put my big girl pants on and I can take it if you know to make the right choice yeah and we get to be um collaborators and peers and partners and you know we can work together and create an even greater change Yes. When we can hold each other with that respect rather than doing the whole divide and conquer thing. it's And when this person made the changes that I had requested and I went back to um, have a look, I could feel them in, in what they had then written mm. and, and, and the images that they were then using. Like this is, we just, we do ourselves a huge disservice to try to borrow someone else's voice and identity it's like that's not yours like I can't feel you in that I I can feel me I can see like you've taken some of my voice but like where are you and and I could genuinely feel them and I'm like okay I can now there you are like now I can see Mm. you and now their community will be able to to see and feel them too like I 100% believe that I it's also doing their work you know a service too to say like hey, babe, see what's going on here, but it's not cool. Like this isn't how we do business anymore. Yeah. yeah. And I love that point so much. Like, you know, I don't know what that, ugh, I don't know what the quote is or where, it, but I've got this thing in my head that's like people come to you because of you, like your energy, they want to work with you and they want to be in your in your space. Mm-hmm. Mm. And people need to be able to see you and feel you. And mm. that requires putting yourself out there and communicating and expressing that so that people can be drawn to you. Like, yes. otherwise, why would they work with what's different about you? Like, you've got to own it. That's what the Enchantress helps with, I reckon. Oh, yeah, that's right. And and this is, again, where we find our confidence is like, well, if everybody's talking about menstrual cycle awareness and, you know, feminine wisdom, great how like who are you like it doesn't it's not about the information being regurgitated it's about the frequency that you hold that's what's going to attract the right people to you Mm. um but that takes like you know 
commitment to being able to to cultivate that frequency within yourself and to be able to stay true to it that's a real practice but it serves your business or like tenfold you know that's what gives it its nourish its nourishment and I, we've said the word sustainable so many times in this conversation but like that's <laughs> like what keeps it totally. <laughs> yeah. but it sustains it, it like a, it. yeah it's yeah. it's not I say buzzword I mean like we know when you play like bingo and you're like there it goes again (laughs) but it's like such an important word and I think it's one of those um it's a real core value and principle of Mm. of doing business in this new kind of modern healthy Mm. balanced way that's not Mm. just about like you know doing everything and being everything just because you can I think yeah Mm. coming back to you so wow what a conversation Thank you so much, Claire. I just mm. loved that so much. And I love just sharing this um, this experience and this journey with you. And I've absolutely loved, um, you know, being involved with Cycle Coach School. And it's about to wrap up next month or so, isn't it, for this mm-hmm. round? Mm-hmm. And then you'll be opening up next year mm-hmm. as well, which yeah. is super exciting. So I'll pop your details and the links if um if anybody wants to connect with you and Mm. find out more about cycle coach school um but just the last very last quick question I just want to ask you is if you could share one thing like your most like the truest thing what has connecting with your body and your cycle Mm. taught you or revealed to you Mm. It always comes back to just like acceptance of how like the full spectrum of who I am. Like I spent a lot of time in my 20s trying to like, you know, as you do in those maiden years, like trying to figure out who I was and feeling confused all of the time because I felt like I was just so, like I had so many different frequencies. I was like good girl and the perfectionist and the academic, but then also like this crazy party animal who like loved to party and travel and then this really sexual side and this kind of magical side and then this really like grown up response. Anyway, so I feel like for me, um, Menstruality is just like was that the understanding that I am all of those things and more and that it's all welcome and um, getting to play in them every cycle, like all of the different sides of sides to myself and just being really cool with that in you know inconsistency and inverted commas or how the old paradigm would have would have defined inconsistency, like mm. celebrating that actually as um a superpower my essence who I am ah just gives me like infinite yeah just infinite gratitude for this work I love that yeah all of you all of those parts of us are always present and welcoming all of that inconsistency and Mm. oh beautiful thank Mm. you so much Claire thanks so much Charlotte I really appreciate the holding to be able to have a conversation like this um Mm. it's not one I could have with you know everybody like you really have bring so much grace and power to this work and I just love you so thank you oh thank you love you too Mm. and have a beautiful bleed when it comes thank you bye 
Hi Wildflow listeners, it's Claire here. After I spoke with Charlotte and we had the conversation that you've just listened to, I felt really called to name the mentors I mentioned who I've had the honor of working with, those who embody these qualities of the Enchantress that we've been discussing and whose frequencies I've benefited from receiving, particularly after we spoke so much about honoring the lineage of the teachings that we've received and referencing. I felt like this was an opportunity I had to share some of those teachers with you and to give them credit. So firstly, Alexandra Pope, a co-founder of Red School. Uh, Not only is Alexandra in the postmenopausal rich autumnal enchantress phase of her life but she is also what she would call um, a via negativa woman so she's very comfortable playing in the mystery and the uh, you know the uncertainty the darkness that that enchantress those enchantress realms and I feel so blessed to have had three separate residentials with Alexandra leading and and modeling so astonishingly like a true enchantress discernment um, epic boundaries truth speaking and delivered with so much love jane hardwick collings is another teacher whose powerful presence just in and of itself just being in jane's fear um activated something within me she's the ultimate grandmother warrior queen who models this wise leadership and this ability to create community and to be, you know, to be in that leadership role that women in their postmenopausal years do hold the keys for. Shani Marie is a feminine mysteries teacher and guide who uh, is absolutely not postmenopausal. In fact, we're exactly the same age, so we're in the same phase of our lives. But gosh, Shani just holds these dark feminine codes and her mentorship for me has been exceptionally transformative, particularly around sex and the body and relating. Lastly, Sharon Holmes. Sharon's been a teacher of mine in the realms of inclusivity, particularly inclusive coaching. And this is something that, you know, inclusivity, I believe, is totally in the realms of the enchantress we're talking about embracing welcoming accepting all and sharon is a powerful teacher and she brings this like no bullshit fierceness to diversity inclusion and equality and a deep sensitivity a real care to her work and there's nothing off limits with sharon she calls it how she sees it and the spaces she holds are mindful and nurturing so it's this light and dark this both end dynamic that I feel we're often starved of in the coaching, well-being and spiritual realms. So I heartily, happily recommend these teachers and I feel really grateful to have learned directly from them and experienced their enchantress magic. Thank you so much for listening in. If you're loving this podcast and you'd love to help me spread the wisdom shared, please leave a review or rating or share this with somebody who you think would love to listen in. I'm really passionate about creating ripples of change and getting this information to more women, girls and people with a cycle so that they can reclaim their cyclic natures too. 
And if you'd love to dive in deeper with learning more about how to connect with your cycle and rites of passages, come and join our free Wildflow Circle community or choose a course and learn with me on my online learning hub. All the links are in the show notes. And until next time, be well and go with the flow of your cyclic nature.